0: Do you want to do the intro?
1: (laughs) I mean, no, I want to do the intro at some point, but we'll know when it's my time to do the intro. Okay,
0: just one day you'll just do it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Well, this is our space. You'll know
1: exactly when. Everyone
0: will know exactly when it's happening. I'll be aghast. Um, But this is basically intro enough, isn't it? So, (laughs) classic.
1: Welcome back.
0: Yeah, (laughs) this is what you're getting. Deal with it. So welcome back to Just Not Crick Pod. We're back. Hooray. Um, hello, Jamie. Hello. You can't see us this week because Jamie's camera, as you probably would have seen if you watched our last video, is broken. <laughs> so here we are. Back back again. And this time to talk about actual cricket and not fictional cricket. I bet you're absolutely
1: thrilled. I mean, depending on the fictional cricket. So yeah. you want to watch more Sooty? I'm not against it. Okay. I'd rather watch another sooty Cricket episode than more of the Doctor Who stuff.
0: Okay, well, it's just your lucky day, so we're actually going to watch um, all that serial episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> right. But no, we are here to talk about some Cricket times, because Cricket has been happening. A lot of Cricket has been happening, actually. Um, but we're mostly, I think, going to be reviewing... The England-New Zealand Test match because they're back playing each other again. It feels like England-New Zealand are always playing
1: each other.
0: (laughs) Oh, here we go. Um, Do you enjoy a good England-New Zealand Test series or just international series?
1: I enjoy any England series at the minute, to be honest. That's a good point, yeah. (laughs) I would prefer it when they're not starting at like half 12 at night. Yeah. Or like three in the morning so i can watch yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) this is the tricky thing because like again this is a great test and we'll go into reasons as to why um but it's also kind of nice because in previous years even like last year i think when we first started i talked about this that whenever it's a winter tour it's always like if you wake up in the middle of the night for a reason if it's like an ashes or something it always crossed my head being like oh it's happening now, mm-hmm. should I check it in the hope that something miraculous is happening? And you check it and it's like, oh, England are all out for 82, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I've got to go back to sleep with this burden, with this knowledge. Um, But when this happens, it's like, oh yeah, is just smashing it. Um, But yeah, I know what you mean, like, the only chance I get to see it is getting up at like seven and watching like an hour and a half, and it's always the kind of end of the day vibe where it's just sort of like, and apart from yesterday which we'll get into but it's always feels like shutting up shop a bit for the day so you don't see too much but just the kind of bookend so it's it's a bit of a shame but i'm, I'm not going to stay up let's talk about quickly in summary here are your scores so england batted first we got 325 for nine declared which is interesting which we can talk about uh england uh, new zealand then 306 all out after a century from tom blundell um, England then posted three seven four and then bowled New Zealand out for one twenty six. Um, quite comprehensive this in terms of um baseball stats. <laughs> um, England now have played 110, lost just one. Um, I think I told you that it's the best since the Strauss era, which is that was a lot of people speak about as the best era for English cricket. So that's quite a high achievement. Um. His first test win in New Zealand for 15 years. Um, again, this kind of England team making away wins in difficult places like, you know, Pakistan and New Zealand suddenly to make it look easy. Um, Harry Book was player of the match. Um, he's just bobbing along, averaging 77 in his <laughs> eight innings so far, 620 odd runs. Um, and Stokes got the most test sixes record, 109, which he overtakes Brendan McCullum. So those are the few, few, few kind of stats that go over the over the game. What were your initial thoughts of the test match?
1: When basketball first started, my thought was always, "This is amazing." But the real test is when we come with the series away from home, mm. and we like just took to it at Pakistan, and we seem to just keep going in New Zealand. Like it doesn't seem to matter where we play at the minute. The mentality and the tactics are just so ingrained in the players. That they just go out and ball it, like they're... yeah, fundamentally, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's just vibes. It's not yeah. obviously, it's not just <laughs> vibes, but the the mentality and the vibes uh-huh. like offers so much into like the the way England plays basketball yeah. It's like it might be the best in terms of like objectively good cricket but I think uh, since Strauss like I think this is better to watch more entertaining yeah it might even I think, be a better yeah. game overall which yeah. is bonkers to say <laughs> but I put money yeah. on this team beating the Strauss team
0: Probably, yeah. I mean, I think there'd probably be anyone to be honest. at The moment I mean, the biggest test which we talk about a little bit is the would be in India, but um, the way they play is just—it's just confidence, isn't it? Like, there's no, there is no. It's easy to say there's no fear of losing when they're not losing, but coming into that, they obviously it means they had a plan in this first day, being a day-night test, that they were going to bat until the lights came on and then declare and then bowl for that period, which is going to be the best time for kind of Anderson, Broad, Robinson to bowl. Um, So they declared on 325, which you wouldn't say is... That doesn't really stand out as like, oh, that's a big 1st innings score to set up a game. Um, But it was just a confidence to be like, we've got those runs quickly, and now we're going to utilise the conditions which are best to bowl in. Um, England teams in the past, we've just ground out, let's bat for a couple of days, and hopefully we'll get them under lights day two. But this is like, no... We, we've got this momentum, we've got these runs quickly, let's stick them in, which is like it raised many an eyebrow when he declared, but I think, go for it, like why not?
1: Like, what much are you losing on declaring at nine? anyway? You're going to have Jimmy well, yeah. in and like getting another yeah. 5 runs maybe? Yeah.
0: I think it's the fact, you know, that they batted so quick, they, they only batted 58 overs in that time, going at 5.5 and over. So I guess the Flip side would have been well, if you bat more traditionally, you can you'd be looking to try and bat the day for four hundred or whatever, but why, like I don't understand his argument, like why should Harry Brooke, for example, be leaving a ball when he can hit it for six <laughs> like you should you need to move away from the the traditions of the game, so you must do this no why, why would I take no runs when I can get six runs? What's the point? like it's just the the game is evolving and moving on and i think that's it's going quite rapidly and i think some people in the old traditional camp being like this is going far too quickly for our liking because if you look you know the west indies tour last year was the boring dross of a series which was horrendous to watch and then you're suddenly watching this not even 12 months later which is complete balmy opposite um but there will there will be times when it's going to be difficult and they're not going to be able to whack it out of the ground and that's just the beauty of test match cricket but whilst they can do it why shouldn't they do it why not only bat 58 overs get the score that you need and then declare because it worked
1: i mean it's a really good tool to like put the mentality in the impetus in your favor the opposition aren't going to expect you to declare after 58 overs they're going to feel rushed a by the amount of runs you've been scoring And at the rate you've been scoring them and then they'll feel rushed by like not expecting to be batting after such a short amount of time and like you're setting the own your own pace to the game instead of being reactive to it which england have been in the past way too much but now they're Mm. by doing this they're they think we're in control of this game and we know where it's going to go and we're going to force it and drive it in that direction whereas new mm-hmm. zealand's have to adjust quickly get their mindset right and yeah. be like all right but we've got to chase this down and put in a competitive score which they did to be fair but yeah yeah they'll have to have that initial switching of mindset and and it's gonna fuck with you even if you are <laughs> ready for it
0: 100 percent, yeah like you know Root trying to reverse scoop over slips and stuff on day one of the test match is something that's not going to be you know (laughs) expected and you know i see a lot of chat about this i guess i don't think we'll go over it too much but a few murmurings of being like oh you know the way england play don't doesn't suit joe root's game and this isn't good for joe root but it's like england are winning Root wouldn't give a monkey's like if he's getting 14 or 140 as long as the team are winning. That's fundamentally the kind of player he is. And Stokes is the same. He's not got the same amount of runs he did expect. But, you know, when it comes to a big game situation where you need someone to get a score, one of those two are probably going to stand up and then lead from the front. Um, people being worried about Root not being in form is just absolute nonsense. Like I mean, you've got people getting runs either side. Not everyone's going to get runs at the same time.
1: Like he's still averaging around forty or in the forties, anyway. high
0: forties. He's pretty much forty-nine, yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah. like where it might be like boosted by big not help scores, but it's still a fucking average of high forties. Like yeah, twenty twenty-one, really- he
0: had the <laughs> mental year. He scored runs of fun. He's he's had two years or so of just carrying the team on his back, like. I don't care about him getting out for a reverse scoop. He's enjoying the game. I think he's kind of earned that,
1: and it that is playing into the Basball yeah. now yeah. of it. And I think he's the kind of person that enjoys that. It it suits his personality. Yeah, and I don't know. I can't imagine someone sitting there looking at Joe Root playing a reverse scoop being like, "Now that's that's not right." That. <laughs> It's so outlandish. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. I'd rather be playing stuff than a perfect cover drive to get to one fifty with England hundred and eighty eighty for ten or like you know (laughs) off off like eighty
0: overs. Yeah, I I get it. But yeah, yeah. and I think Stokes as well is a very different argument. Like again, I don't think he's got the runs he probably would have wanted to, but you know he's. Leading incredibly by example as a captain, and some of those cap seat decisions have been fantastic, like I think, including declaration So, I think that is bin talk garbage. Who cares? Um, <laughs> we've then got so New Zealand have their innings, um, and then we're back to the basketball bowlers. Um, and apart from Tom Blundell getting 138, I think you know, New Zealand will just struggle to get anywhere close to 300 to be honest. Um, Anderson got three for. Uh Robinson got four, um Broadly got one, um just you know, all, all round kind of what you expect. And you know, they got the I think it was two or three crucial wickets on that evening when they declared. So you'd say that the declaration was earned. Um, but Robinson just going strength to strength. I think I mentioned before when we predicted that Ashes 11s that I I think he just has to be in your best team. I don't think you can leave out Robinson. Um do you reckon I think we might have spoken is this the attack that they'll start the ashes in? Because everything is about the ashes.
1: Oh it's I think this is probably gonna be the poor they yeah. start with. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't think. put it past them to just make a slight tweet that no one sees coming. Like they'll just go like Rianne, come in, mate. Oh Yeah. <laughs> they'll be yeah, happy, I, yeah. like Joffrey's fitness and just chuck him in, just to surprise Australia in the same way like the declaration did new zealand just to keep the other team on their toes and yeah for sure because yeah i mean
0: yeah leach didn't have a good game um he did go around the park a bit but i mean it feels harsh to say that he went at fours when most new zealand bowlers went at like sixes and sevens (laughs) um but you know he only got a couple of wickets mostly due to batter error um rather than getting them out i would say um I, I, you look at Leach, he's kind of averaging about 35 for the ball now, that average is going up it's not going down uh, I know it's not really a spinner's wicket but I feel like he need he needs a good game to really kind of get his confidence back up because you know, he's, he's got completely 100% the confidence of Stokes and McCullum and everyone but I just feel like from a player perspective it's similar to Crawley in a sense you you just, you just want to perform, you don't want to be in just be like I've got good faith with the, the captain and coach and stuff because you're going to be aware that you, you're not getting fifers, you're not getting hundreds, you want to be performing, and you know the, the the setup will be backing them to do that, but you just think like you need a good game, and I think Leech is very kind of overdue one
1: now. I mean, I always feel like whenever we say this as well, he does go on to have a stormer Yeah, next, fingers crossed, uh, yeah But it yeah. also feels like very important because Leech is such an integral person into that, in that dressing room, like people will yeah. play for leech yeah as they would anyone else yeah especially when he's not performing for sure. in the same way Stokes isn't to his high standards. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah he's the sort of player the other players need in that dressing room to be like mm-hmm. we're doing this as much for him as I am for myself yeah. and it just builds on that camaraderie which I don't Definitely. think he's actually spoken about too much We're just focused on the like the basketball vibes, yeah, but, but they think, are a very
0: together unit hundred yeah, percent
1: exactly, and I think that really like pushes home how well they're playing in and yeah. of itself. like they might not be individually the best players, mm-hmm. Ever like there's no chance Crawley and Duckett are the best opening partnership oh absolutely. yeah, in yeah. like the last twenty years, yeah, but, it's but yeah, all, like they get the best out of these players, What they can stuff. get,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree. It's... Yeah, I I can't, I, I don't think Leeds could be dropped anytime soon. Yeah, I think this is the vibes. I think it was similar. I think we said that first test in Pakistan when it went close. I remember that it went up to DRS and you had all the team together, but then Stokes stood away just so when it went to out, they could all have that moment and then he would go in afterwards. It was just like, it's... I think Stokes is a great captain. Like all this chat last year being like, oh, he's been a flint off or both of them and stuff. Like, no, he's Stoke. You can't relate him to other all rounders. I think he's just been absolutely a, such a breath of fresh air as a captain. But we'll, we'll, we'll come back. We, I think we spoke about that a lot. So we'll carry on. Um, England batted again. And they started well. Crawley got 28, Duckett 25. They did put on 50 for the first wicket in good time. Crawley looked good, as he normally does, but then got out caught behind, which is kind of classic Crawley. Again, a bit like Leech will want to have some runs on the belt. I don't think he's getting dropped, though. Um, But, yeah, standouts. uh, Root, who's apparently out of form, got 57. (laughs) Um, Brook got 54 again. Um, I think he's at Wagner went for, like, eight or nine for the majority of his innings. He just kept trying to bowl short stuff, and they just kept hitting him out of the ground. It was nonsense. Um. Folks got fifty, which is good for him. He came in at six because Stokes was on the loo. Uh, <laughs> Stokes got his thirty, where he got his six to overtake McCullum as um, the leading Test cricketer in terms of sixes. And then Robbo got thirty-nine at the end, um, getting three, seven, four, going at fives again. Um, it's like, I run out of superlatives to say because it did just basball it, but I guess out of those, Brook obviously great, good for Root, but probably out of those best for Ben folks I would say to get a little 50 there at the end
1: yeah it'll, it'll probably do his confidence the world of good and especially when the time comes for Berto to come back and mm-hmm. it, it gives like McCullum, Stokes, Selectors Rob Key yeah. a bit more of a headache of what to do Yeah, not that it's going to be more of a headache than it <laughs> is at the minute it's, yeah. what the fuck do you do but Especially with Pope getting 49 as well. Like, yeah.
0: He's looking more and more consistent, Pope. I'm getting more and more impressed. I remember this time last year when he was picked and they are going to say he's a free. I was like, sort of, what on earth are you doing? But the more he bats, the more he's getting confidence, the more he's getting backing. I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to be good and he's probably going to be the next captain.
1: And it just like adds to that mould of the team again. Like you yeah. know where you're batting all the time as opposed to uh, past England time side sweep? Yeah. Like Alley, who was yeah. a high order batter at county level. And then he's like coming in at eight, being an all rounder or a main spinner. Yeah. But now, like even Pope, like, I'm sure he was up and down the order a bit. Yeah. But now he's been told, you're three. This is your job. You do this. Basball, ball, bad's ball, ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the... yeah, it's it's. His, again just backing. I mean, the the one elephant in the room not mentioned here is that um Stuart
1: Broad came in the fore as the night hawk. Um it, it, I will say that I think Wagner out night him. <laughs> he did. All the talk about it. And then that
0: first ball the next morning just like completely like gloved up. It was like you just you just knew it was gonna happen. And that first ball as well, where he just skied up in the air, it's like it's not gonna do anything here. But you know, he's a friend of the podcast. Um <laughs> Got a li- we got our little cheeky reply from Stuart Broad when I asked for clarification about what the night hawk would be come the start of the next day, um, and he said to just refer to him as the hawk when it's an afternoon game, but otherwise would be morning hawk. Um, but you said it should be hawk at noon.
1: I, um, I think it's I ridiculous. Like. It's either that it's not either noon hawk or hawk at high noon. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great YA like title
0: for a book. It's it's a very like abstract western yeah i love it it's great Great. um but yeah there's a lot of silly. but it's it kind of just again it's so silly and so stupid but at the same time it just i think as he said it just reiterates the kind of fun that the team are having um and that the fans get completely involved in that like everyone loved talking about the nighthawk (laughs) (laughs) because it was just so silly and it's just so lame but it's great. <laughs> like it's just so from having a, the dreary England team for the last few years before this into this talking about Stuart Broad trying to come in and whack it as a Nighthawk. It's just, it's just refreshing. It's good. It's fun. Um, but he got out for seven. Um, <laughs> I think the second lowest strike rate of that innings. <laughs> um, but then it meant England came back into bowl, uh, dismissed New Zealand 126. Um the two maybe we talk about here are Anson and Broad, starting with Broad, who got four for 21 in that evening session, again under lights, having one of those kind of broad spells. Um, and, you know, restricting New Zealand 28 for five at the end of day three. They're not coming back from that. Um, but it was just great because it was just like bold, 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 bold. And there's not, you can say whatever you want, but seeing, you know, stumps go out of the ground is that is the best way to watch wickets. Like, just seeing bowls time and time again what looked like the same balls, And again, decent players. Latham, Conway, Williamson, Blundell, who got the 100. It was just, like, basically on repeat. And he, that's what you love to watch with Broad. I feel he's not had one for a while. Just one of those spells where you just be like, every ball's probably going to get a wicket. A um, lot of fun to watch.
1: You could tell, especially from that first wicket as well, it was going to be one of those mm-hmm. innings, one of those broad spells. It's like yeah. The way it Came in the way the batsman played it, like you sort of don't really know where the ball's gone, but you know where yeah. it's hit. Yeah,
0: yeah, hundred percent. And it just makes you excited as well because two of those obviously Conway, and from being left-handers, that kind of angle, broad round the wicket. You know, Ashes on the horizon. Potentially Warner might be playing. We might be talk about that later, but he might not be. But just that hope to be like Warner is playing, just so Broad can nick him off and bowl him across the summer again. We just play like, yes, please. <laughs> I mean, if he is playing, he won't be playing for too long. No, no. <laughs> um, but it was great. But yeah, Williamson had a bad game. He's had a little bad run of games for a little while, I would say, off the top of my head. Um, but Mitchell got 57. But then this morning, it was the Anderson show. Paul had last night, Anderson had this morning or this afternoon, if you're in New Zealand, getting 4th 18, which is just nonsense. <laughs> I can't remember what the stats were that I sent earlier but his record like after he turned 35 is just you know so much better than any other part of his career and it's like he just he, how does a player just keep getting better and better with a game that's involving so much that he's just blended into this kind of basketball vibe as well which I don't know necessarily you would expect because both Broad and Anderson before were all about you know economy and not wanting to go for boundaries and drive up and end and get a wicket. But since Stokes has come in and being like, no, pitch up, get wickets, it's just really brought them out of their own, which is a lot of fun to see.
1: I mean, it's almost as if, like, bowling it, pitching up and getting wickets will sort of coincide with you not conceding as many runs because you're yeah. attacking yeah. <laughs> the batsman. Yeah. But I It does play into the basketball tactics. Yeah, but it also plays into like Jimmy and Broad's sort of philosophy of not wanting to go for runs and yeah. keeping the batsmen under pressure. It's just a different yeah. way of doing it, but it's still 100%. the same goal. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, it, they're good enough to get these wickets as well. <laughs> but yeah, so with Broad, before I move on to Anson, got got a lot of Anson stuff. But like, for those brought that Broad spell, I think it's testament that you know since he has interacted with us on on the podcast (laughs) um he's then had one of his broad spells you know averaging just above 10 with the ball so i think we'll keep an eye on that um we'll do pre-podcast post-podcast average um but uh, yeah a little hawk at high noon corner every time yeah (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great i'll keep messaging him if he wants to come on you know friend of the show we'll we'll see when he
1: replies next (laughs) um i mean it'll be the show to rival tail enders then jimmy's broad yeah
0: yeah, that would be great. I'll ask, I'll ask if he's down. I'm sure he'll be up for that. Yeah, you know, Like He's not busy with his England career or his, or his recent child. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, in terms of Anson and Broads the the duo, um, they've now got over a 1,000 wickets together, which is the most ever for a, a bowling duo in Test cricket, obviously overtaking Warner McGrath before that. Um, pretty cute as well that it's in the country where it all started. Um, I don't know if you remember of it at the time. <laughs> can you remember this game in 2008. I mean I do because I'm sad um the I,
1: I barely remember the highlights of this <laughs> well true
0: well let me take you back to 2008 I think it was March uh, there was a free test match series in New Zealand I think England were you know at another crossroads as ever Hoggard and Harmson played the first test match um and obviously they were kind of you know revered in that kind of England setup you know from 2005 ashes and you feel like, well, Hoggard, Harmson have to play. But England got absolutely pumped in that first game. um, And it was basically they needed a red Bull reset effectively. So they dropped Harmson and Hoggard, much to the dismay of many people, and then started Anson and Broad. Broad had only played a couple of games at this point. Anson's obviously been around a little bit longer. But to say that these are our two, these are our two blowers we're going with for the future was quite left field. um. But the fact that the you know they've from that moment on it's just a factor they've not looked back since, which I think is incredible. Like in terms of give an idea of how long that was ago, that was when Tim Salvey made his debut in that series. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite a nice narrative that that's where it started, and then that's where they get this record. Um, whether they're the best ever is another conversation, but I think it goes a long way for longevity that these are two fast bowlers. To get over 1,000 wickets together is no mean feat.
1: I mean, would you consider them the best bowling partnership of all time? Like, I think I statistically, Warren McGrath has like a better wickets per match mm. average. Yeah, and I think they're probably the only duo. Yeah, like it's guess... have them rivals.
0: Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, because I I can't say I've I watched more pre two thousand and five, and you know, everyone's always going to have their eras and talk about. But I, my I, it's difficult. Like, I think pitches have got better that on because, you know, games have favoured batters more in recent times. Um, but then has the batting got worse in Test cricket? Um, it's kind of a, I don't know. It kind of goes on and on, but. I just think with Broad and Anderson, they've played across so many different eras of the game. You know, the Advent T20 cricket, different players across all generations. That like They've played against the best. They've played against, you know, Jacques Callis and Virat Kohli and Kumar Sangakara and Ricky Ponting. They've played against all these players. Sure, some towards the back end of their career, but also during their hype as well. Um, and then they've been playing against, you know, the current best, like, you know, Kane Williamson and people like that, Steve Smith. And you know they've they've kept on coming back on top. And you know last year when they were dropped, which I think you know has ended up being probably the maybe not the right outcome or why they did it, but it's worked out to be the best thing that could have happened. Because you know if they'd gone to West Indies on those horrible docile pitches and not got anything out of it, Broad has said, well, we probably would have retired after that. Um, and it's yeah, I, they they came back from that dropping and have just been great ever since. Like Anson averages sixteen. With the ball since Stokes is captain. And he's 40 now. And it's like you don't you look at him and you think like he's just gonna keep on going on and on. I I and longev- longevity, the like endurance, the constant adapting of the game. I I think I would put them up there as the best pace bowling duo ever. I think it's different, different with pace and spin, but for the pace duo, for their longevity, endurance, adaptability, all that, I would probably say they would be the best. Personally. yeah yeah
1: no i'd agree i don't think people put the longevity and the constant adaptation to the like changing times of cricket yeah what to like a high enough standard and these have done it through so much as well we're talking about this and they're yeah. still playing
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's not that they've retired <laughs> Yeah, like they're definitely going to play the Ashes. I've I've got a niggling feeling that Broad will retire after the Ashes. You know, he's got he's got a kid now. He's been doing pundery stuff. Um, he's he has muted the fact that he probably would have retired after West Indies if he had gone, or if you know Stokes, and McCollum hadn't wanted him back or that kind of stuff. So
1: I he's feel like throwing he's throwing the feel out for joining a certain podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. So but I feel that Anderson Anderson said he's not ever had like a time when he wants to retire. Like he said, he'll keep on playing as long as he keeps on performing. And he's not stopping that. Like he's incredibly like fit. He keeps himself fit going for all of that. you have worried that if he gets one bad injury, then that would be it. And you don't want him to go out on an injury. You want him to go out on his terms. And as much as I want him to keep on playing forever and ever, I kind of want England to win the Ashes (laughs) 5-0. And then they go off on that kind of what of end to finish on what at the absolute height of their games. But if he wants to keep on going, you can't really argue against him either. Um, the next thing I would say, he's on six hundred eighty-two wickets now, Anderson. So he needs eighteen to get seven hundred, and you'd imagine he'd get that during the Ashes, which is pretty special.
1: I mean, but does he then look at like I've done seven hundred? <laughs> Only 90 something to go until. Yeah,
0: yeah, well, he's only got two ahead of him, isn't he? So Warren is on 708, um, and then Miraliferin is on 800. So I'd be, I he's not going to get to 800. Sad to say. I
1: mean, he's at least definitely looking to take over Warren.
0: I think he would overtake Wait. Warren if, if not be it within one or two. Yeah. But yeah, he would need, that's hypothetically, if he gets another six in the next game, that's 688. And then he needs 12 in six tests over the summer. He's doing that easy. Isn't he?
1: yeah, he'll do that easily. Yeah,
0: but yeah. Well, I think other than that, that's kind of rounds up everything from the test. I can't remember when the next one's happening. <laughs> um, but a good game and good to have test cricket back. Um, next game happens next week, I'd presume. Um, and then the next test is not until Ireland in the summer, and then the, obviously the Ashes starts. Um, but yeah, good, good game, good baseball, and obviously again we didn't really talk about Harry Brook, but. Um, very good again. Nonsense. He's all right, isn't he? He is all right. He is all right. Um, the fact he averages 77 after eight innings, 300, 350s, and he looked the best bat as well on the team this test match, which I think is nonsense, but all good. Also, shout out to Ben Duckett. He got 84 in the first innings, probably deserved a 100. Um, again, this team is just gelling together really, really well, and it's exciting to see what happens next um, and if they make any changes in the next game just to have a look at anyone, but we will see. So have you got some stats, Jamie?
1: It's like you prepared to say that after we came back into the meeting. I
0: don't know what you mean.
1: But do you think you could name like the top five bowling pairs in test matches? If I were to give you a list of the top ten, do you think you could pick the top five?
0: The top five, so I'll give it a go. Is... Um, You ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. I've sent you a list of 10, which is Anderson Broad, Murrili Vass, Dark Lion, Antini Callis, Ambrose Walsh, Warren McGrath, Wazim Wackar, Pollock Callis, Dane Morkel, Bolt Selby.
0: So that's the top 10, but it's that's... not in order.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Okay, so Anderson Broad top. Correct. Warren McGrath second. Yeah. Uh, a little, let's have a quick look. Murley um, Vass?
1: Yeah. Okay. They're in three, so you've got one to three.
0: Okay, I feel like just through a number of games, I I'm gonna jump to five and say Stark Lion.
1: Yeah, I have no idea how you've got that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've seen a number of games. Lion's been out around for ages, and also Stark has as
1: well. So, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, three um, matches. Like, it is still plenty of matches, but yeah,
0: it's like five hundred a bit, isn't it? I think they've got, which is um. 580, yeah, mad. But yeah, four's tricky because you look at the players on there. Um you've got to try and think about the number of games because would Ambrose Ambrose and Walsh probably out of those are maybe up there with the best, but then the Stane and Walk will have that that South African side, which is obviously so so good. Um and they felt like they were around forever. But did they get more than five eighty? Um Wazimwaka. He that's also a shout, isn't it? Oh, okay. I'm gonna. Oh, there's also Pollock and Callis as well. This is a good good list of players. Um, <laughs> I might go. Oh, it's probably gonna be wrong. I'm gonna go Wazim and Wacker. It is wrong. Yeah, I thought it might be. Is it Ambrose and Walsh? It is. Okay, cool. <laughs> Wazim Wacker is six, though. That is oh I've got my. T- I I got the top six then.
1: I mean. <laughs> You're going for the top five and you got it wrong. So I wouldn't. Think yeah, that. I got
0: four out of five, though. I'll take that.
1: Yeah. Then we go Pollock Callus, seven, Bolt Salvi, yeah. eight, Empini yeah. Callis nine, Stainmore yep. ten. Stainmore ten is strange to me. Only two matches together. Five, twenty two wickets.
0: <laughs> I just would expect them to be right up and about there.
1: Which, By to be me. fair, wickets. Per match. Per matches, I yeah. It, I think that's better than Anderson and Broad to be fair.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if you imagine how many uh, if they had played as many games as Anderson and Broad, God knows how many they were got. <laughs> just same was always trouble with injuries. That's that's just the crap thing about it. Just you could he could get similar swing to Anderson but just bowl at ninety, which is ridiculous. Um
1: it's yeah, a bit mad and a bit weird that Callis is on there twice. I know, yeah. <laughs> like, like, surely you can just put Callis with X bowler during something. Yeah, time. I, know. I Probably got a duo. Yeah,
0: but Callis is absolutely mental. One of the best. I don't, even though he wasn't the best, I just thought he never talked about the math. But, um, but good quiz. I enjoyed that sack quiz. Yeah. yeah, fun. I'll try and do one for next time if I remember. Um, um shall we move on to another test match that's happening or a test series?
1: Yeah, why not? We're here. Though.
0: Uh India and Australia are playing. And India have already retained the <laughs> the um, trophy, the border Gask- trophy. They've already doing done the job. Um Australia uh are falling apart. <laughs> um I don't know if you've seen much of it, but the first test they got completely rolled over. They got like one fifty ish in the first innings of the game, then India got 400 odd. I'm going to say this is all guessing, but then in Australia out for like 80 odd. Um, and then the game just gone. Um, Australia actually put up quite a really decent fight, so they got 263 and then India out for 262. So Australia had a lead of one and they were doing really well. They were about, I think, 60, 65 for two. Okay. Um, and then they were 113 all out. <laughs> And then India go on to win by six wickets per jar in his 100th game um, scoring winning runs. And uh, Kohli getting over 25,000 international runs. Um, uh, only Sachin, Sangakara, Ponting, Ja Warner and Kanis ahead of him. Um, but yeah, Australia today lost nine for 48. JJ got seven. At yep. one stage they were 95 for three before slipping to 95 for seven. <laughs> it was nonsense and what i love about it most is that the australian media before this series because australia beat a crap west indies team at home and an all over the place South african team at home they were like oh australia the best team in the world they're going to do this no problem um and they're all predicting australia going to win 2-1 or whatever that kind of stuff none of them have obviously watched an india series you know, in any recent times. they just living in their own silly Australian bubble <laughs> and then get this harsh reality being like, oh, this team is a disgrace. It's like,
1: not really. Just India are very good. I mean, I know Australian fans can be a bit deluded, but yeah. who the hell is saying they're the best team in the world? Are they not watching basketball?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I think they're going to get a harsh... This is, I was coming back right by I me in the boom, but they're going to get a harsh wake-up call, I think, over these games. I think they're going to find it difficult to win a game over their next 10 tests, including the two they've just played. Because after these two, they've got two more in India. They've got, I'm pretty sure, they're in the World Test Championship final already, um, probably going to play against India. And then they've got the five tests at home against England. And at home, even when England aren't great in 2019, they couldn't beat that England team then. Now they're going to play against an England team at the top of their game. So I think it's going to be be tricky for them but it, it's a mess it really is a mess like they didn't play Travis Head in the first test match even though he was their best player in a summer by a country mile Um and they picked another left they, they picked another left hander instead because they felt, thought that Travis Head doesn't play spin well but sure you just give him the chance to prove you're wrong if he's got like an average of 100 at home I, I just didn't understand
1: I mean it would kind of make sense if he was like a higher order batsman or one of your openers. Yeah. But like coming in like five, six, wherever, usually, mm-hmm. I'm seeing in the second inning T opened. Yeah. For some reason because I'm not well, Warner in there. Warner, sure yeah. We'll Warner... yeah. But, yeah, It's weird why they wouldn't select one of their best players or oh, no. most informed players yeah. because he's a bit off with spin. Yeah.
0: But then like this also the argument that it's also stupid because they also brought in a um Ravi Ashwin imitating bowler for their p- nets before the series, which is, is that, like is that what they're calling line now? Yeah, I guess maybe. But just that some some Indian player, i not I don't even know if he played professional cricket, but just someone who bowls a bit like Ashwin <laughs> brought in, just that's already telling India that, okay, you know, we're already intimidated. <laughs> um and you know, and if they, if they're worried about left-handers, I'd understand if they didn't play Travis Head in order to play a right hander. But they brought in Matt Renshaw, who's an opener, to bat five, and he got a first call duck, or a duck anyway. And it's like, well, that went well. Um, but that's the first test. Um, but yeah, this this was just silly. I thought, oh, we've got a game on here. And then I woke up this morning like, oh, it's over.
1: <laughs> I mean, India it, finished yeah. on 118 as well. Yeah. So they must have finished either with a they must have finished with a six. Like, i
0: uh, I think they got a bound I it must have was a boundary or something it hit four they must be, I don't know, I think
1: uh, if, if they were on one thirteen, they'd have had to hit five to get to they one were on three, one so they must they have were on one one
0: four and then hit four that was the that final bit. Okay. yeah, yeah, um, and yeah Pajaro got those winning runs, but yeah, just just silly, I think this Australian team is gonna unravel very, very quickly, they're very good at home but like Marnus has not got a Test century outside of Australia. Um, Smith has had a bad run of games. He was okay-ish at home, but again at home. Um, I think they just struggle away from Australia. Um, They've brought in two new spinners for this series. Todd Murphy did get seven in the last test, but Ashton Agar has said that he doesn't feel ready to bowl, whatever that means. So he's not selectable. Um, If you take away David Warner getting a double hundred at the MCG in the summer on a big flat road where he got dropped a couple of times, then... He's not done anything in like a year. He's now, he was out with concussion of this game halfway through and has also got a fracture, I think. So that's asking questions if he's going to be around much longer as a test player because I don't, he's on his last legs anyway. Like, is he going to really try to go through that and be fit for the Ashes? Is he going to continue after that? Is he good enough to be in the Ashes? Um, so I think it could go quite pear shaped quite quickly for Australia. I mean, you've still got Kawaja there, Smith, Cummins. They're still a very good team. But I think
1: they're starting to unravel, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, you started this by saying, like, talking about Travis Head not playing the first Test match Mm. because of the spin. Like, has that ever occurred to them to not play Warner in England (laughs) abroad? Yeah, yeah. It it just never seems to have occurred to them to like adapt properly to the team they're playing, not just get some bloke off the street that bowls a bit like (laughs) what they're playing. (laughs)
0: oh it's so silly so i think they're gonna gonna struggle but it's it's just oh it's just fun it's just fun it's nice to see someone <laughs> else just completely fall apart and it's not england say it brought back it i can imagine what it would have been from an australian perspective when england capitulated in india so it's nice having a good time uh but yeah that's fun so i look forward to seeing india win that four nil um other than that we've got the t20 world cup going on in the women's game um England are doing very well. They won three from three. They did, beat, they did beat a strong India side yesterday, which is good to see. Heavenite is fit for this campaign, which makes a huge difference, I think. Um, but yeah, Sophie Eccleston's having a great one. Uh, Sophie Duncan, top of the order, great. Just all-round good, good team, England. They look a bit more around team. I think last last year they got to the final of that 50-year World Cup, but I think just something didn't feel quite clicked, but they're clicking together at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I just feel there's this finality because, lo and behold, Australia women have played four games and won four easily. They've not been tested once. They lost to the Ireland in their warm-up game, which is bizarre. But I just don't... I, I really want to get invested. It's difficult when there's so much cricket, but I just watch it and I'm like, Australia just going to win it.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe that game against Ireland was a sign. Maybe they'll crumble to someone from the British Isles it could be England.
0: I yeah, I think it's it's looking like it will probably be an England Australia final again. Um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's they're they're just too good. I think they're really up there as one of the greatest sporting teams currently in the world. Like they're just unbeatable. A bit. It's a bit like India playing at home in the men's team. Like there's there's just some teams you like. You can't
1: you can't do anything. Um. They are yeah. a reverse of the current state of the men's side.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. But it's just they've oh, they've just been so good for so long and it's just nonsense. Like i like I can't remember the last time they did badly. It's just what they've got is just mental. But yeah. We'll we'll keep an eye on it when it gets towards the knockout stages. Um, but I think it'd be hard pressed not to see in England and um australia final there but it's been taking place in south africa which i, I love watching cricket in south africa so buzzing to see how that continues um but yeah i think other than that pakistan super league is going on but i've, I've not watched any of that surprisingly um and not long to a county championship all that kind of stuff but i think that's mostly the cricket news um apologies if i've forgotten everything but anything But there is <laughs> it's there's a lot. Um, have you got any cricket stuff you want to chat about?
1: Or is that our cricket chat over for our cricket podcast? Oh, we've been talking cricket. Uh, uh, I haven't noticed. Um, no, no I, don't, I don't even like cricket, to be honest. Yeah, rubbish. It would be more likely uh, to do something like that, but something not cricket. Yeah, I just like basketball to be honest. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Um, See, so it's so is there is is there a just not cricket this week, Jamie? That's what the listeners are asking.
1: Not really. I just wanted oh. to, that Marcus Rashford's really good. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've not really been paying much heed or attention, but like the turnaround for Manchester United has been silly, but it's been great. I, I, someone like Rashford to be back in form and back to his best is that's what you want to see.
1: I mean. I- I think you're saying turnaround, as in like since the World Cup, like since our second game, it's been so much better. Mm. But like since the World Cup specifically, which Brashford was pretty decent in, yeah, and still not picked by Gareth mm. Southgate. That's a different not cricket for <laughs> when I tear that <laughs> broad. Yeah. I think he's got like 14 goals in 16 games or something ridiculous since the World Cup, which is yeah. the boast of. Anyone in the, the top five leagues in Europe, mm, yeah, like more than Benzema, more than Haaland, more than Mbappe, mm. he's just on a fucking tear, and I love it. Like, it's just great to watch. Yeah, so fun. But
0: yeah, like whenever I check in the scores, like it's it's always like Rashford scored at this time. It's the like same way like you look when Harry Brooks batting, you just expect fifty to be there. Like, I just expect yeah, it's, it's going to be Rashford who scored it, isn't it? Um, but it's great. Do you reckon they will can put in a title
1: charge or are you just going to be happy with a top four? I'm just happy with how things are going. At mm-hmm. the like As soon as I look at if we can win the title, like we're only, I think, five, six points off Arsenal. Yeah. So technically we are. Yeah. But I don't want to say we are. Because it will jinx it. Exactly. Like, no one's looking at United from an Arsenal or City perspective. We just, it just feels like we're the team in third doing our own thing at the minute. And that's the
0: best place to be, I think, because then you can put, I, you can then put in a surge later on and just quietly go about your business and then suddenly you're there, thereabouts. That's, that's what you want.
1: I mean, I think we'll finish above one of those two teams. Mm-hmm. I think we're we'll finished yeah. second. But like, yeah. And I, Arsenal have had a, bit of a wobble lately so i would not be surprised if we finish ahead of arsenal after they've been top for most of the season yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked by that at all i would fucking love it if they finish fourth as well that would be (laughs) the funniest (laughs) thing who is your top four prediction i think it will stay as it is now i don't think spurs despite being fifth i think they've been really tall this season uh I think. They're playing now, aren't they?
0: What's the what, What's the scores on the doors now? Let's have a live sporting update, which will mean nothing by the time you listen to this. Yeah,
1: because it won't be live anymore. It will be all...
0: They are currently 2-0 up against West Ham
1: five you minutes are, to go. Like West Ham are from bottom, so... Yeah, which is good. But you got, uh, Tottenham
0: Just just problem with Tottenham, like, here
1: we go, football chat, just not football. <laughs> I
0: don't think I'd be here. But Tottenham are just, like, the most frustrating team <laughs> because, you know, you beat Man City... And then you somehow lose for against four one against Leicester. Um, like if if you know the games that you expect Tottenham to win, they would be up there in similar point territories. Man United. That's that's what the frustrating thing is. Like you know they're going to lose those odd games, but it's just I don't really know what's going on. It just feels odd. I don't get it. Like they they should be winning the kind of games against Leicester because Leicester aren't that great. But I don't. I can't say I know too much about football. But they are. From my family perspective, I guess I have that invested Tottenham interest.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think as soon as you start saying they should be in this position, if they beat the team, they should be beating. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the allure of football, is that anyone can be anyone. Yeah, on the day, anyone can beat anyone, yeah. I think like it's very different to, say, this other stupid sport, cricket, or like, <laughs> I think basically any other sport. Like if yeah one tennis player plays better than the other one, they all win.
0: Yeah. If
1: one football team plays really badly, they yeah. can still end up winning somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think Spurs have been a weird case this season. I think Conte's having he's just had a gallbladder surgery. Mm. Think, so he so he's not
0: there at the moment, yeah. He's yeah. taken
1: break away. But I think he's in his like last sort of period of his Kenya, at the club. Mm. I think that has sort of held the players back a bit. Son yeah. has performed as well this season. But he did start today, I don't think, but he, looking yeah. at it, in live
0: updates, he came on and scored, which probably better if you just brought, bring him on as a super sub. I now. mean,
1: he's still their, one of their best players. I For think, sure. Like, it's just, weird. they're a weird... They are, that is somewhat, I think yeah. they're over... They are higher than what their performances have showed.
0: That's that's also the flip side that you know they're currently with the Wednesday they, they are fourth, and they are still currently in the FA Cup and still currently in the Champions League. So, hypothetically, they could still. It won't happen. They could still end the season in the top four. They, they could end the top four. That probably could happen. But they're still in the shout of. Being in two trophy competitions, and when you look at it like that, you'd be like, "Oh, it's they're doing all right. They're currently top four, and they're still in two competitions." But then it's also on the flip side; like this has just been a weird season where they feel like they've not been good. They're just oh, they're just odd. I don't really understand. That's why I'm happy talking about cricket because I don't <laughs> I don't get it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I haven't uh, watched enough to like yeah talk about their tactics, but like they mm. specific, like uh, five three two. Yeah. Or 5 3. I don't know. He played a weird sort of double 10 system at Chelsea. I think he's trying to employ that sort of system with Son and someone like Richarlison just behind Kane. Uh, I just don't think it necessarily suits Tottenham at Spurs, whereas it should work at a team like uh, Chelsea, who are mid table. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) 10. But honestly, We could just do a whole pod in itself on Chelsea. Yeah, uh,
0: that's the thing. It could be worse. Tottenham could be Chelsea
1: at this point. So I mean, like Fulham and Brighton are ahead of both Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea are the worst team in West London out of three clubs. Yeah, it honestly, it's it's, a, it's been a pretty decent season.
0: This is this. I mean, because I don't watch a lot of football. Like I'll tune in and sign, find out how. Tottenham are doing as a, as a casual um but this is surely the kind of season that you want where it's kind of up for grabs for anyone like like you know someone like Arsenal why sh- you know I'd get burnt at stake for saying this but surely it's a bit more interesting where you've got a team you not necessarily expect at the top and then it's a bit more of a who's going to finish there rather than like just going in and be like oh it's going to be Man City it's going to be Liverpool it's going to be blah 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 it's more interesting when it could be anyone at any time um but yeah, that's my perspective.
1: Yeah, no, sure. Like As a neutral, it's much more exciting to have like the competition coming from a different... Up for grabs, whatever, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, in Liga or in the Bundesliga when you've got PSG or mm-hmm. Bayern winning it yeah. every year. Like yeah. in France, you'll have the occasional season where... Uh, God, who won it? Lille won it the other season, mm. I think. Like, you'll have that occasionally. You don't get that in Germany in spain it's one of barcel or real and sometimes atletico yeah come from nowhere um in italy it's been a bit like mixed recently especially with juve having weird financial troubles like inter and ac milan have both won it recently napoli are like 15 points clear that's a fun league to be (laughs) around at the minute especially with Juve's 15 points deduction yeah but like. In terms of the Premier League, it's a batshit. Anyone's game. Yeah. I don't think many people would have had Southampton or West Ham down bottom. Yeah. I think some people were saying Southampton were in a bit of trouble, but I wasn't necessarily expecting like, especially with Hassenhutel. But I, again, I don't watch enough Southampton. No, I can't. Yeah, I not say I'm an avid yeah. Southampton fan. But like this season, they've been fucking dreadful. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. it is just nice to see like Fulham in six. And yeah, and like, and, Brighton, and, Brighton, like, and like Brighton, like
0: Brighton just seems to get better all the time as well. Like even if, when they lose their main manager and they lose most of their players, they're still up and about there. Yeah, it's, like,
1: I was, yeah. I felt like I was the only person saying that Graham Potter shouldn't have left Brighton for Chelsea. And then like, you what, like the when team. you're build
0: yeah, you're building something so good at Brighton, and then you're like, nah, okay, I'll go to this, you know, falling apart place.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the thing is now, like, Brighton are playing even better. They've yeah. got they've got the Zerbi and they've like had like Matoma to help flourish and it's got the best player in the world, Danny Welbeck, to rely upon. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. It's just strange how their manager has gone through a club with so much riches and have spunked their yeah. money on absolutely anyone they can think of. It's mad, isn't it? That's just silly. While yeah. the whole club has just kept on going and is better than them. Which is great. I'd love yeah. to see it. It's honestly it's like watching Australia fall apart. <laughs> I really enjoy it.
0: Just so deserved, isn't it? Oh yeah. But yeah, that's summing all up, because Rashford is good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't come into this with a coherent, not cricket. I just wanted to say that Russia was good, and it turned into football talk. That
0: little segment. There we go. Yeah. Who would have expected that? Not me. Or me. No. Well, that sums it up for this week. Then I think. Um, thank you, as per. If if you've got this far. <laughs> but yeah, thank thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. We're having a net next week, aren't we, Jamie? We are. Yeah, for our for our new team. So we'll we'll keep you updated on that if if you're interested. Um, but yeah, other than that, we'll be back soon with more cricket. And as usual, Jamie is going to sign us out with something
1: relevant, because Matt didn't do the socials plug. it's just not cricket. just not CrickPod at Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok for some reason. Uh, we'll be on YouTube this week. We just won't be a video thing. It'll be like pictures and shit. Yeah, uh, we like pictures. Uh, just not pod. Yeah, you can go now. Yeah, okay. Stop listening. See you later. Stop listening.